This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio this morning. Great to be in the shop this morning on this lovely Wednesday alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is making his way to, to Detroit for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, making his way to Motown. He'll be there for PGA Tour Radio this week. He's probably about a couple hours out from uh, getting his way to Detroit. Bob, how are you on this lovely, lovely Wednesday morning in the GTA? Yeah, it feels like uh, we're in the middle of a campfire here. We're getting some of that smoke from the forest fires, as are a lot of places across Canada and the United States. Uh, hopefully, you don't, spend, don't have to spend too much time outside, but if you do, be careful. Limit it, maybe. Uh, that's kind of the advice I've been getting, but uh, it's a gray, smoky day here. Yeah, a little smoky for sure, and we had similar conditions throughout the week at the RBC Canadian Open at Oakdale uh, a couple of weeks ago now. So hopefully uh, the air quality gets a little better here as the day progresses. Busy day here across uh, TSN, of course, the NHL draft later tonight. Looking forward to seeing where Connor Bedard, of course, he's going to go to Chicago, but of course, all the other storylines. Uh, I was sitting with the Sports Center producer of the six o'clock and bob not sure if you saw any of the images of uh our panel on the rooftop at tootsies in nashville doing their hits not sure uh, have you been to nashville bob i have never been to nashville i do remember that uh during one of the playoffs the uh tsn crew made a had a little home on the top of tootsies and it seemed to be quite a uh, quite a popular spot if uh, some of the guys recollections are correct very popular spot. I was there for my birthday a couple of years ago, too. Highly recommend uh, Nashville. Anyway, getting back to the golf today. Busy show. Niall Horan joining us here on Golf Talk Canada. Very uh, looking forward to that interview that you had a chance to speak with Niall recently. Uh, as well, this week on 20 Weeks of TaylorMade, we're giving away six dozen Tour Response golf balls. And we'll learn all about these golf balls along with TaylorMade's complete line of balls for 2023 with TaylorMade's Mike Box. But tons of news going on earlier this week, too. So let's hit it right there with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Okay, Bob. So some news. I'm not even sure if this is real news coming out, but in regards to the merger, and we saw documents actually being released. And it seemed like a lot of information that came across these documents was stuff that we already knew but now it's sort of in writing and now there was also a five-hour meeting in detroit on tuesday as well what did you make of the documents released and have you heard anything from the meeting that went on on tuesday well let's use that term released very uh very carefully it's more like uh, leaked mm. these were uh these were documents that were given by the pga tour to uh, the House Congressional Committee that's investigating this whole uh, arrangement with the Saudis as they might with a government such as Saudi Arabia and things of that nature. So this was leaked and uh, I mean, it was understandable. Everything in Washington, it's just sort of like Ottawa gets leaked pretty quickly. 
but I didn't really find anything that was brand new or shockingly new, let's put it that way. There were a few new items in there, but basically it laid out what we kind of knew before, which is how the merger, uh, how the arrangement takes place, the structure of the new company, how the assets uh, of the DP World Tour and uh, PGA Tour and Live are all going to be assessed and they go into this pot and that kind of determines how much company, um, just things like that. I think there wasn't really anything super shocking. Again, we still have no, none of the 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 nuts and bolts that we need like what's the new league what's it going to look like next year what's the pga tour schedule going to be or is it I, i'm sort of on the of the feeling right now that the pga tour and live are going to kind of exist as they are next year and then it'll probably be in 25 when things change but i may may not be right so there wasn't anything super shocking on that the meeting in detroit was um was a five-hour meeting with players and with some of the executives from the pga tour not jay monahan who is still um, MIA or, you know, recovering from, from whatever, uh, his, his situation is. We wish him the best, but a five hour meeting tells you that a lot of stuff was going on in that meeting and a lot of, um, a lot of discussion was going on and trying to figure out everything from, you know, what's this going to look like to how are we going to get these guys back, the guys who left back in tour and compensate those who didn't go or anything of that nature. So, um, again, just a lot of talk, a lot of discussion not a lot of nuts and bolts as to what the future is going to look like. Yeah, a lot of uncertainty, put it that way, uh, from the framework of that uh, ag- agreement that was leaked uh, online initially by uh, by a podcast down in the States. Um, and Liv is going on this week, actually, at Valderrama, and we'll, we'll have a little preview of that uh, a little later in the show, too. I had a chance to play Valderrama a couple of years ago in that place, as some refer to it, they call it the Augusta National of Europe. So uh, I'm actually looking forward to watching that just from a viewer's perspective on uh, on Valderrama. Uh, speaking of great golf courses, President's Cup heading back to Australia. Uh, that's coming up in 2028. And we got to experience the President's Cup uh, back in 2019 when Tiger Woods was the playing captain in Australia, of course. And from... A viewer's perspective, too, for people who cover golf like we do here in Canada, this is golf in primetime going again overnight. Given the success that the President's Cup had in 2019, was this a slam dunk, Bob, in terms of going back to Australia so soon? I think so, and, and Australia shown it to be a pretty, itself to be a pretty uh, a place where a lot of people want things like this event. The Live Tour had a, probably their best uh crowds at at their event there i think they've they've sort of let it be known that they want to have these events these are expensive events to put on and and there's a big commitment financially from the host so it's not like you can kind of go there and and keep your fingers crossed that you're going to make some money i think australia realizes that they can do that it's one way to get the top players in the game to down to australia because a lot of players don't want to go somewhere where they can't get espn on their televisions in the hotel room and things like that so uh, it's good for Australia to do this. And um, it, is, it is rather unusual that it went after such a short period. He said 2019 to 2028 is not a big, long stretch. There's some other places in there that you thought it might go to. But, uh, but good for Australia for stepping up and taking it. And uh, again, another great course on the sand belt uh, in Kingston Heath. Yeah, looking forward to that one in 2028. Haven't personally made my way to Australia. Have you been to Australia, Bob? 
No, closest I've been is New Zealand. Okay, okay. So maybe uh, we'll talk to Mark. We'll get a little road trip going. No, but that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Australia host a great event like that again. Uh, some other news coming out. And the timing of this is perplexing to me. So the USGA came out with a statement saying they got the, the ruling was incorrect from uh, Rory McIlroy had a drop on the 14th hole during the final round of the U.S. Open. And here we are nine days after the fact, and they're saying the ruling was incorrect. And people on social media are saying that the rules official sort of maybe was playing nice to, to Rory McIlroy, but, you know, that 14th hole was really his TSN turning point of the tournament, you would say. He's, you know, his uh, wedge, uh, he misses the fairway off the tee, uh, where Wyndham Clark, hit, uh, you know, hit, uh, hit that green in two, en route to an easy two-putt birdie. Rory McIlroy misses the fairway, hits it in the rough, lays up, and hits a wedge shot, not a great wedge shot, gets the drop, hits a pretty poor chip, and doesn't get up and down for a six. That really was the turning point of his U.S. Open right there. But did you find it strange that this came out at this point? Like, why not just say, you know, you know why not not release anything? Well, I think they're doing the right thing and saying, yeah, look, we did make a mistake, and I'm sure they were getting hammered by all the uh, the same people who call up and discuss rules rulings on television after watching it you know i'm sure the people went in and said i don't think this was the right ruling probably took them a while to figure it out and to go back and and um it didn't in, in the big scheme of things i don't think really affected the outcome of the tournament it didn't have outcome of where people were uh finished on the leaderboard you know perhaps it did i think the idea if you read what they said it was a piece of grass behind uh where the ball was plugged which is where it should have been that's where the club leg should have gone, and I think that would have put it back in the bunker, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, he got one sort of on the top, basically. Of It's kind of hard to explain without visualizing right. it, but it, it's not, to me, it, it didn't really mean a huge mean thing. And I think it's good on the USJ, even if it's a little late, to at least acknowledge that they made a mistake. Um, I think in past, they haven't always done that. So I think this is a good good way to, and Thomas Pagel, who's the guy who's in charge of it, is a pretty solid up, upstanding guy. So I think it's good that they did it. But again, because it had no effect on, on the outcome, I think it's fine to do it whenever you want to do it. But the sooner the better, probably. And there was talk too, speaking of Rory, that he was actually in person in attendance at this meeting in Detroit. So apparently that's what this Golf Channel article that I, that I read anyway. He was there in attendance in person. Uh, so interesting to see uh, Rory McIlroy, uh, the ruling he got, of course, the Open Championship coming up in a few weeks too. Now, speaking of Rory McIlroy, some news with the TGL and Fenway Sports Group uh, announced that they are investing in a team called TGL Boston. And this is all going to get underway uh, January, 2024. And Monday nights, prime time, basically indoor golf. What do you think about this whole idea, Bob? Is it is it gimmicky? Is it different? What do you think <laughs> on the outset here, having not actually seen a shot hit in, com- in competition, air quotes, uh, in this just yet? I, I think I'll reserve judgment until I see it. It does seem a little, uh, um, again, you know, if it's not real golf, it's not golf to me. So, you know, you can't really have a top golf competition or things like that, but certain things work out. I mean, the long driving stuff is kind of attractive. That's different. And I think there's enough uh, big names who have invested in this, everybody from Rory and Tiger to Sidney Crosby and on down the line, that I think it's kind of must have some sort of legs to it. 
listen, Fenway Sports Group of buying a franchise or whatever they're doing, that's that's a big get. I mean, that is a huge, uh, a huge sports owning. They have NASCAR racing. They own the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they own Liverpool in in the in the Premier League. Uh, obviously, they own the Red Sox. So I think there's there's a lot to be said for the quality of somebody who's investing in this. They must think that there's something legit. And there's a whole bunch of other things, you know, like if you look at um, esports right now and the teams on that, that's still huge. That's getting a lot of uh, traction. So who knows what will come of this. But I think, I think just the fact that it is Fenway Sports Group and their, their, their uh, stature in sports, I think, says a lot. It certainly does uh, say a lot. And obviously Tiger Woods is heavily involved in this. And we haven't heard Tiger's opinion about any of this framework merger news we haven't heard from him yet and he's the one guy bob who i am just so curious to see whenever he does speak to the media what he is going to think given the comments that were made when live was really coming up but he's been he we haven't heard from him at all obviously he's still recovering from the ankle fusion surgery that he had but i don't know do you have any any inkling on when we could possibly hear from Tiger? I mean, I, I don't really see him showing up at the Open in a couple of weeks. Do you, I don't really think he'll be at the the uh, Tour Championship. Maybe his tournament, the Hero. I I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, it's a, it's it's not unusual if you look at his past mo that you know he doesn't come out and always just be a leader in terms of speaking things out, whether that's a golf situation or something like uh, the, the election of Obama as the first uh, African-American president of the United States. You know, he was pretty low-key in that. Uh, he's just been one of those guys who sort of stayed in the background a little bit. I mean, he did work with Rory and the rest of the gang on putting together that deal that is sort of the framework of what we're seeing now with designated events. So there is certainly some, uh, some obviously he's got some, some feelings and he cares about the situation goes on. So I think it is a little unusual but it's not necessarily out of character for him. As to when we're going to see him, hmm, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, you know, it's probably going to be something like like the Hero or the PwC or uh, Father Son, if he's even going to be able to play in that. We don't know about that yet. So he'll pick his time and he'll make his statement, and uh, I'm sure it'll be impactful when he does. Yeah, and, and just from a golfing side of things, it was painful watching him at the Masters on that rainy Saturday afternoon. I mean, you guys were there. You guys had about 12 layers on each sitting on that set, just how cold it was, and watching Tiger grind his way to make the cut, and then he could barely move up the fairway. I, I just hope for his sake that he is closer to pain-free, and if we see him golfing again, that would be a bonus. I'm just more curious to see what his thoughts are in regards to uh, this merger and everything going on. Well, on the other side, we're going to start previewing a couple of big events that are going on. Of course, the Rocket Mortgage Classic on the PGA Tour. We'll have our TSN Edge picks, the FanDuel odds, all of that. The U.S. Senior Open also going on this week, a senior major where some Canadians have made uh, some moves throughout the year, including Stephen Ames, three wins so far this season. And we'll also take a look ahead to live golf at Valderrama, one of the top golf courses in Europe. All that and more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen?
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit JPSMGolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. This is our first leg of our quadruple header across the TSN network today. We're on from now until noon right here on TSN 1050. 1 p.m. on television, TSN 4 and 5. 4 p.m. on TSN 2. And if you missed all those airings, don't worry. 10 p.m. TSN 2. Prime time under the lights. We're also on then as well as always bob we are late in june so obviously it's a busy time in the world of golf not only in the pga tour lpga tour pga tour champion where there is a major championship going on this week at the u.s senior open and for us obviously all eyes will be on a couple of canadians Mike Weir, for everything he's done, of course, not only still playing golf, playing in the, or captaining the International President's Cup team in 2024. But Stephen Ames, how about the year he has had three victories already on the season for Stephen Ames? How would you describe how sensational his season has been so far? It's It's been amazing, you know, and the Champions Tour and the 15 over events that go with it like this one are usually you sort of have a little bit of a window unless you're Bernard Longer. You sort of go, you know, four or five years and then you start to fade a little bit as well as some younger guys come in. But he's 58 and still going strong. Probably, I mean, not probably. He is having his best year on the Champions Tour. He's right up at the top of the Charles Schwab Cup points race. And um, he's made a couple of small changes in his swing, but his swing is essentially the same as after he retooled it with Sean Foley back in the day and got a sort of a nice, I mean, it's, guys will stop on the range and look at how pure and simple Stephen Ames' swing is. It's, if you look at it um, face on or from the back, you know, it doesn't look like he's doing anything really hard, really was zipping it or anything, but his swing is just pure all the time, and, uh, and that's what's, what's gotten him through um, the majority of his, of his career, and that's why I think you're seeing it do so well right now, because it is just sort of a simple, straightforward swing, so it's hard for it to kind of go off the rails too much. And uh, I know you've said it before, but his victory back at the Players' Championship in 2006 is, I, I would say, what he's most known for, obviously, in, in terms of winning the quote-unquote fifth major. But th- the ball-striking display he put on throughout that week. And like you said, too, it's interesting that a lot of these players who go on this tour, you know, for a while... It wasn't a hit and giggle, but people, hey, you turn 50, you show up on Wednesday, you play in a pro-am, you have a couple glasses of Brunello, and you go out and play. But no, these guys are grinding their you-know-what's off, Bob. Yeah, well, starting off with what you said about the Players' Championship, the last round that he played was the best I've ever seen any player anywhere, anytime, control the ball for 18 holes. And um, that includes, you know, things like Tiger winning in 2000 and, different at the U.S. Open, different things like that. But he was just where he looked, where he wanted the ball to go. It just flew there. There may have been one one other one hiccup during that round. I can't quite remember where it was. But anyway, but generally speaking, he beat the best field in golf by six shots at that week. 
that includes Tiger and Ratif and VJ and Ernie, you know, all those guys. So that was a pretty remarkable win. Um, as for, um, I can't remember what the second part I was going to talk about. I've got oh, about, about P- PGA Tour <laughs> champions, about how, how maybe PG- the, the, the yeah. mindset's changed, right? Well, they're, they do grind, they do work hard, but they do enjoy themselves. And these, they're not playing like little cookie-cutter courses. Like these are 72, 7,300-yard courses, and they're set up, you know, not quite at PGA Tour standards, but just a half a step behind. So they're playing, I mean, they are playing full out, and they are working hard on their games. Uh, but you do see a few more Instagram shots of them afterwards socializing. I think they all realize they've got a good life. They've had a good career for the most part if you're on PGA Tour Champions. So why not enjoy it? And, uh, and yes, there, is more, uh, there are more corkscrews on, the, on that <laughs> tour than there are in any other tour. That's a good way to put it. So that's Stephen Ames, obviously. And then there's Mike Weir, who uh, his last top 10 on PGA Tour Champions came at the start of the season in Hawaii, where he came T2 rounds of 66, 67, 66. Oh, I'm sorry. There's one more in March where he came T8 at the Collegard Classic. Uh, for Weirzy, it appears that he's healthy. It appears he's in great shape. It, it, it appears that he's playing some solid golf. Just all of the finishes just haven't quite come together. Do you think you know, he's inspired by watching what Stephen Ames is doing and wants to put his name in the hat too? Yeah, I think, uh, I think they have a friendly little competition. You know, they're... they're uh... Um, I think they want to be each want to be the top guy, but I think I think what's really sort of happened with Mike more than anything is he's given a lot of time to his role as the President's Cup captain, and he's made trips to Montreal, he's made trips to the men's majors to watch some of the players, he's had team meetings, so I think there's a little bit of distraction, and when Mike Weir has um, more things on his plate, I think it's harder for him to kind of keep that intensity up and the training. I mean, he loves to grind. Um, you know, we saw him at the Masters this year on the range, grinding and grinding, and apparently some of the regular tour players, uh, Patrick Cantley was one saying, I mean, I can't believe Weir's he's grinding on the range like that. Like, you know, what's he doing? He's, he's not going to win or he's not, you know. So I think there's that, that aspect to it as well, uh, that maybe he hasn't had the time and the, uh, uh, the, the uh, I don't know, the, the attention span that he can put to it normally like he does to his game. So there's a little bit of that in there probably as well. And then, of course, the U.S. Senior Open's being played in Wisconsin this week, which is a home game for one Steve Stricker, who has also had a great year, too. You know, guys like Steve Stricker, guys like Padre Harrington, these guys are fun to watch on PGA Tour champions because these guys had great careers on the PGA Tour. Padre Harrington, in particular, winning three major championships. They were both Ryder Cup captains, these guys, too. How much do you just enjoy sitting and watching PGA Tour champions and seeing all of these guys who are in their 50s now and you know, still contend and play a lot of great golf? Yeah, and, and Bernard Longer in his 60s. Yeah. Um, there are some great players out there and some great characters. Uh, I, think that, um, I think that people still love watching Freddie Couples, and when his back is uh, allowing him to, he can play some pretty good golf. But, you know, Steve Stricker will play in a couple of weeks in the John Deere, I'll bet. And, and I'll bet you he'll be competitive in that one yeah. as well. Uh, and also, let's not, give, let's not forget, we'll give a shout-out to Alan McLean and Danny King, local boy around here. Danny King, is they're both playing as qualifiers in uh, the U.S. Senior Open this week as well. So there's some, uh, there's some fun names to watch out there. And, uh, and uh, I'll be tuning in to see uh, how they do. And I'll, I'll be surprised if Weirsy or, and, you know, if, if Weirsy or Ames are both not 
in, involved in it. I think, they'll, I think they'll have a little bit of something to say before the week's out. So the U.S. Open was a couple weeks ago. The U.S. Senior Open this week. The U.S. Women's Open next week. We'll have a full preview of that event uh, as it goes forward, too. Before we sign off here, I have to give a shout-out to Rocco Mediate, who has a great Instagram channel, 40,000 followers, and he, he gives some behind-the-scenes looks at you know the range, his, he, his grinding, but also he showed uh, an inside look at the rough. And what they're going to be facing this week in Wisconsin, playing a practice round with Ernie Els, they were a foot off the fairway. And, Bob, this is legit U.S. Open rough. Like, they were having trouble finding their golf balls. Now, both these guys use yellow golf balls, too, as some players on PGA Tour champions have. But have you seen Rocco's Instagram account? I haven't seen it today, so I haven't seen that. But there are some uh, – I have seen some some things on uh, – on, uh golf channel of it and it man it does look pretty nasty out there i mean i guess these guys are used to it from when their days were playing on the u.s open when it was really in those hard uh, hard days where they would not cut the rough for a month or so so it's going to be fun to watch for for us not so fun to play for them and we'll have a full recap of the u.s senior open on next week's show on the other side we're going to turn our attention to the pga tour the rocket mortgage classic which has a pretty good field this week we got guys like ricky fowler justin thomas colin morikawa defending champion tony finau four canadians we'll get into it next this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by jpsm golf offering canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys good for your score good for your health This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Scully and Weeks alongside. As we do every Wednesday here on GTC Radio, we take an in-depth look at that week's PGA Tour event. From an odds perspective, we look at FanDuel, we look at some of the favorites, some dark horses, maybe give you some recommendations on how guys are playing heading, heading into the week, their past course history, that sort of thing. And right now, on FanDuel, on the Rocket Mortgage Classic, we have three betting co-favorites. Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, and Tony Finau. And I know, I know you're high on all these guys, Bob, but I, I want to... I want to start with Justin Thomas because here's a guy who, since really coming on the PGA Tour, he has been a mainstay on the the teams, the President's Cup, Ryder Cup, FedEx Cup champion. And right now, if the season were to end, there's a pretty realistic possibility that he definitely wouldn't be on that U.S. Ryder Cup team given how he has played this season how important is this stretch coming up for Justin Thomas right now? It's big for, in my opinion, three different reasons. One, as you said, the Ryder Cup. He desperately wants to be on that. He's got to show uh, the, the, the intelligence at the top there that he wants to get in and be on this, on this team. Uh, second, he's 66th on the FedEx Cup listing right now. That's only four spots inside the cutoff for the FedEx Cup playoffs. He does not want to miss the FedEx Cup playoffs. And the third reason is just for his own peace of mind. Um, you could see after the U.S. Open when he shot that 81 how despondent he was, how lost he was, how 
you know, he said this is probably the lowest I've been in a long time. Flash forward, uh, fast forward, it should be a week last week where he shoots a, a beautiful round in 62 and says it's probably the best round I've played in, in a couple of years. So uh, the emotional swing of golf, <laughs> there it is right there in, in a one-week uh, window. And I think right now for Justin Thomas, he's got to try and find what he had at the Travelers Championship and keep that for the rest of the season and hope he can not only get uh, uh, some top 10s, but maybe get up closer to top 5s and possibly a win as he gets down the stretch. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of a schedule he plays. He's never played Detroit before, but he's playing this week, and you can bet it's because of what he saw last week. It's, it's so fascinating, too, because Justin Thomas was quoted last week saying heading into the U.S. Open, he had a great week of prep. He was playing some great golf going into that week. You know, Max Homa played a practice round with Justin Thomas the Monday of the U.S. Open. He said if they had played 18 holes, he could have shot 62 or 3 pretty easily. Then he shows up and 73-81 only beats three guys in the field. So you wonder if it's something mental. You wonder if he's... I, I would say he's probably not battling an injury given he is still playing golf right now, but he is a, a fascinating storyline as we move forward here. Uh, Justin Thomas, one of the three betting co-favorites heading into this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic, 14-1 to on FanDuel right now, alongside Ricky Fowler, one of the renaissance stories of the year so far. 17th in the FedEx Cup right now. Seven top 10s. On the season two, doesn't have a victory just yet. And this is a different Ricky Fowler than the one who came on the scene, who finished in the top five in all four majors back in 2014. A Bob, because his golf swing looks radically different. It's back then it was a little more flat and he sort of broad inside and and relied on his hands a lot. Now it's more on plane. But his putting stroke, too, because he's using that that same style of putter that Wyndham Clark used to win his U.S. Open. And I understand they, they were playing a practice round and you know there was some bickering back and forth and uh, Clark wanted the exact same putter Fowler had and look what it did for Wyndham Clark. But overall, how good is it to see the game of golf with Ricky Fowler, one of the stars for people who maybe don't follow golf every day, playing some good golf yet again? Yeah, he's a high-profile guy, perhaps one of the best high-profile guys going. And you can just judge that by the fact that even though he had a crummy year last year, he was still in the top 20 in the uh, PIP. You know, he gets a lot of attention. He It's not just for wearing orange, but it's because of all the sponsorships he does. All the You know, he never never fails to stop and sign for autographs. You should have seen him last week or whatever it was, yeah, two weeks ago at the U.S. Open. The autograph area was right off where the media uh, stand-up area were. And you would see him there every day after signing for pretty much like a half hour, taking maybe a page out of the Arnold Palmer slash Phil Mickelson book. And he's just a likable, lovable kind of a guy. And, you know, if you, if you look at where his game has gone, uh, a year ago, he couldn't hit his irons, you know, anywhere close to being, being uh, competitive. I mean, if you go back now to the, from, I think his, uh, from the Travelers Championship last year, one, two, three, four, five, Six six in a row, and I don't know what was going on before that. Six in a row, he was negative strokes gained, and I mean negative, like in a big way. Now, since that time, he's only been in the negative side on, on strokes gained approach the green once. So that's basically a year now, and that was the key for his game, was to get those irons a little bit more dialed in like he used to be. And you can see just what a what a turnaround that makes for him and, and what a how it shapes his game. And 
keeps his attitude hasn't really ever changed. He's always been positive, and that's what why people like Ricky. But now he's got both sides of it working, and uh, and look out if he ever gets a win, which could come this week. Uh, he's who knows what what's going to go uh, forward with him. He's fourteen to one right now on FanDuel plus fourteen hundred. To give some more perspective, at this tournament last year at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which was later in the summer too, Fowler was a hundred and fifty sixth in the official World Golf ranking. Now. He's 35th. What a climb it's been for Ricky Fowler. So of these two guys, who needs a win more this week? Is it Justin Thomas or is it Ricky Fowler? Uh, I would say probably Justin Thomas. I think he needs the, the boost. I think he needs a sign, an indication that his game is, is maybe turning around. Ricky Fowler knows his game is good right now. He just hasn't had a win. I mean, what's his... Last four starts, he's inside the top 13, I think, in all four of them, maybe top 12. So I think he knows where he's at. Justin Thomas doesn't know. He's still searching. And, and so I think it would be, um, be better for him. Long term, maybe, maybe Ricky Fowler, but, uh, but I think right now Justin Thomas is just lost and hoping to find his way through the, uh, through the dark corridor to the exit door. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that, uh, that little run for Fowler. His last four starts... T6, T9, T5, and T13, and that coming at last week's Travelers Championship. Now, Tony Finau is the third betting co-favorite at plus 1,400. Then he's followed by Colin Morikawa at plus 1,500. And for Colin Morikawa, it's been a, a weird year, too, because you know the putter for him is always the make or the break, and he had to withdraw from a tournament at the Memorial heading into the final round with back spasms, which we hadn't seen him before. It's something that he had never had before at the U.S. Open. He spent a lot of the tournament teeing up his ball, basically like he was reading a putt, like he was crouching over almost in like a catcher's stance for looking at, at looking at him from a, from a baseball uh, perspective. But what have you made of, of Morikawa's ear so far? Because, you know, he gets off to the good start at the century, except for the final round where things sort of blew up. And then he's sort of been hit and miss. What have you thought of Morikawa's year so far? You know, his has sort of, to me, been more of a slower decline. Like, it's just bit by bit by bit by bit. And and I was just looking at his stats here. And, you know, his his putting has been better the last few weeks. But it's been pretty horrendous most of the year in terms of strokes gained. Uh, even around the green, his short game has been has been really... Um, lacking his iron play is still great his off the tee is still pretty good but there's there's definitely some inconsistencies around the greens the closer he gets to the greens it seems the weaker his game seems to be which was obviously was never that was never his strong point but it's a lot weaker than it used to be so I think we're starting to see some of the holes um, and hopefully he can start to patch those up but when you're crouching down to line up your tee shots uh, you know I don't know. There must be some headworms going on in there because that's that's pretty deep stuff. I don't know if I've ever seen that happen before. So we'll we'll uh, we'll have to watch Colin Morikawa, but uh, he's too good a player to play poorly like this for over an extended stretch. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's uh, definitely that that was definitely a little weird to see that Colin Morikawa plus fifteen hundred right now on FanDuel. Now, of course, there are some Canadians playing this week at the Rocket Mortgage Classic of the Canucks in the field. Adam Hadwin, the shortest odds. At plus thirty three hundred. Now you spent a lot of time with Hadwin, both at Oakdale at the RBC Canadian Open, then at the U.S. Open at LACC. 
from your conversations with him, did you get the sense that it feels like his game is really close? Yeah, he uh, he felt really good at the Canadian Open. I think less so at the U.S. Open. He was a little lost with his irons, which is actually unusual because that's kind of been the strongest part of his game this lately. He sort of turned that all around. I think um, I think this is a course where he's had some good success before. He had a I think a tie for fourth maybe 2020, um, but but I think he's just frustrated that he hasn't seen hasn't seen some kind of big breakthrough moment, a breakthrough week, uh, uh, a top five, or get himself in contention. I think that's what he misses, and I don't think he's far off, even though you know, he's not performing the best that he can, but he's, he's making cuts, he's cashing checks, he's doing the right things, he's getting tackled. Um, <laughs> you, know, he's, he's, he, you, you hit the nail on the head, Adam. He does seem like he's close to some sort of a breakout. Maybe this week will be the one where he gets it. And you mentioned that good finish at the Rocket Mortgage for Adam Hadwin, T4, back in 2020, rounds of 67, 69, 69, 67. Right now on FanDuel, plus 3,300, low Canuck right now, Adam Hadwin, as he heads into the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Well, I mentioned off the top of the show, 20 weeks of Taylor May. This week we're giving away six dozen tour response golf balls and for those for the player or person who's a chance to win this week they're they might be curious hey what is this golf ball all about what are some of the main technology points on the other side we're going to learn all about the tailor-made tour response uh, golf ball and tee up hour two right here on golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by tailor-made was brought to you by weather tech canada canada's leader in automotive accessories This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up Hour 1 here on Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Well, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the summer right here on Golf Talk Canada. This week, we're giving away six dozen tailor-made tour response golf balls. All you have to do, go to our website, golftalkcanada.com. Sign up for our fantasy pool. It's free. It's fun. This season, we're giving away over $40,000 in tailor-made products. For much more on the tailor-made tour response golf balls and their entire line of balls for 2023, here's Bob with TaylorMade's Mike Fox. Mike, good to see you again. Uh, let's talk about uh, the ball story, and it, it is based around my response, and uh, or the response ball, I guess, to a response. Why don't you tell us uh, a little bit what we're going to see on the shelves in 2023? Yeah, 2023 is going to be another incredible year for TaylorMade golf balls, tour response, but then our new tour response stripe product, which is the fastest growing visual tech product out there right now. And visual technology, of which really TaylorMade has become the leader in, is taking golf balls, which all used to be white, round, and sit on the ground, and enhancing the performance characteristics of them through visual um, visual printings. And 
Tour Response Stripe is really the ultimate of that. For us, it started with PICS. Hopefully everyone's familiar with TP5 and TP5 PICS, which we developed with Ricky Fowler out in 2020. And it's turned into this crazy uh, momentum with tour players like Tommy Fleetwood winning with it on the European tour. And honestly, millions of golfers across the world using that product. But what was great about that is it had this really cool clear path alignment system where it allowed you to line up the golf balls in the middle of the 12 evenly spaced images. And when you rolled it, you could see how you were rolling it. But this year with Tour Response Stripe, we wanted to take that concept and just put on steroids, turn it up to 11, do whatever we could to make, honestly, an alignment system like no one had ever seen before. And that's really where Tour Response Stripe came from. It's the first 360 degree clear path alignment system that has a pattern that wraps all the way around the golf ball. So when you align this golf ball, it's like anything else we've seen today. It truly is an easier to align product. Uh, and we've done hundreds of hours of testing on this versus a single line or some other systems out there. So if you want to align a golf ball, um, this is the thing you want to use. And the feedback we've gotten from our player panels and from honestly even tour players that practice with it is it's like cheating out there. It's one of those things when you kind of get behind and you shimmy it around, it just locks in. And then you know you got that right line and all you got to do now is keep it on path. What, what's the, uh, the optic story about it? Because I know that you're, there are lots of colors and things going on with it now. Tell us a little bit about that. In Tour Response Stripe, it started in 2022 with our lime colorway. And we did that because it was the easiest color to see. For us, we didn't want to just make an easy to align golf ball. We wanted to make a golf ball that was easy to see. And um, from us, what we've seen in our research over the years is yellow and bright lime colors is the only color that your eye perceives clearer than white. That's why tennis balls are yellow and lime. That's why softball is yellow and lime. That's why safety vests and uh, fire trucks and all these types of things use that yellow lime reflective colorway because it's easier to see. However, we know golfers like to personalize their game and they want to be able to easier identify their golf ball. So in 2023, we're not just creating Tour Response Stripe, but now we're expanding the colorways into a red, into an orange, into a blue, plus our traditional lime. But then also we're launching a, a pink and a light blue colorway, which isn't designed for female golfers. It's still on our Tour Response construction, but maybe a little bit more feminine in design. But for overall, with the Tour Response Stripe golf ball, you're getting that performance from Tour Response, the cash urethane cover, you're getting that 360 degree clear path alignment system with the Tour Response Stripe, and now you're getting five colorways to allow you to more personalize your game, and it's gonna be an incredible product in 23. Uh, let's talk about the personalization part in yeah. my symbol, and yeah. you can reach down and give us a, it's kind of a cool way now to really make this golf ball kind of feel like your own, I guess. Yeah. Everyone knows that personalization is a trend, not just in golf, but everywhere. If you have an option, why wouldn't you create something or play something that more associates with you as a person and your game in general? So when we looked at that challenge in golf, we've been logoing golf balls the same way for 30 years. This pad print technology with a big honking logo on the side of a golf ball is all you've ever been able to do. But when you look at other industries and develop your own sneakers or your own shirts or whatever it might be, or cars, why couldn't we take that concept and put it more into golf balls? And that's really what TP5 and 5X and soon to be Tour Response and my symbol is all about. It's personalizing and logoing your products in a way that golfers have never seen before. When we say never seen before, it's opening up a new logo position underneath the TaylorMade logo to be able to put uh, a personalized uh, image. So typically when you think, as I said, logos, it's a big logo on the side. But there's nothing that stops us from changing the image that's underneath that TaylorMade brand spot. So now, you're not just able to logo the side of the product if you want. You're not just able to do one number. You can do two numbers or three numbers or four numbers or alphanumeric. You can do characters, but also you can do an image if you want as well. So for you guys, obviously, and Brooke as well, we have our Canadian Maple Leaf. 
Colin Morikawa is using an image of his dog. We have the peach for the Masters ball, and we have hundreds of other options that golfers can choose from that more associate with your game. But also what's super cool is you can match that with the color of the TaylorMade logo, which no one's ever been able to change before. So it's really opening up this world of possibilities for you to design your own golf ball, but also you'll see in stores throughout your country or throughout Canada with this mass personalization concept. So you're going to stores and forever golf balls have been one, two, three, five. Maybe once in a while you'll see a six, seven, eight nine but now you can go in store and when you look at the racks you see okay I got my numbers but hey I got my favorite hockey players number out there and I got a Canadian maple leaf section and I got an ice cream pop section and I got a four leaf clover section and I got a poker chip section and it's cool so now you can go in there and yeah I'm not building my own golf ball but I can at least pick something that really more associates with my game that's really what my symbol is all about. It's taking the incredible performance of our 5 and 5X and Tour Response products and now letting you kind of personalize the product really to what suits your game the best. That's pretty cool. That's, yeah. I kind of like that. That's nice. Uh, you mentioned Brooke Henderson. Let's yeah. talk about Brooke. Uh, tell me about Brooke's choice yeah. of golf balls and why it works for her. Brooke Henderson's been an incredible story, not just for TaylorMade, but particularly for the golf ball division. Because there's some people out there that still think that TaylorMade's a metal wood company or a carbon wood company. But I could tell you, TaylorMade Golf is as much a golf ball company as we are absolutely anything. And Brooke Henderson's a great example of this. Because her contract started with golf ball. And our relationship started with her hearing about and seeing the performance that other athletes were having with the success of the ball. She's like, hey, I want to try this. She tried, she's like, this thing's legit this thing's great so she tries the ball she wins with the ball and then she's like you know what let me try those tailor-made clubs too and it's turned into this incredible relationship that we've had with her but she's been fantastic to work with because when we started she thought like okay well let me get what I'm familiar with and she started with the TP5 product because it gave her the window she was looking for um, particularly on wedges and it was one of those things as we started working with her more we said hey you know the TP5X is going to be a, a longer golf ball for you and you're still going to get a lot of that greenside performance and she's transitioned into that golf ball now had wins with it and really has had a ton of success but it's one of those things where we, we've had this great relationship and we've had this great working relationship where we test product we give her exactly what she wants so she can win with it but then show her some things she might not realize are even going to benefit even further and she's a long hitter but to give her more distance with her driver and her irons but still great wedge performance is something really only we can offer um, with our five layer technology and it's been awesome watching her have success with the ball and then you know being able to give the club team a little bit of love too as she's transitioned into that space too Love all the technology points behind all those tailor-made golf balls. And again, we're giving away six dozen tailor-made tour response golf balls in 20 weeks of tailor-made this week. That wraps up hour one here on GTC. On the other side, we'll kick off hour two with a conversation with Niall Horan. Yes, Niall Horan joining us right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.
This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2, the back nine here on GTC. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino joining in about 15 minutes' time. He's making his way to Motown for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And, Bob, we've spoken about a lot of tournaments going on, a lot of events going on in the world of golf. Something that I forgot to mention going on tomorrow is the match. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Another fun match going on. I got to say, Bob, I am so excited. No. I, why? Why are we still doing these? I, I don't understand why these matches are going on in the middle of the golf season, too. The fact that uh, you and I didn't really know about it or forgot about it tells you a lot about about this uh this one might be even better though than some of the go- ones with the golfers on it but we'll see I, I doubt i'll watch it maybe the highlights yeah i mean it was the idea of last december when tiger and rory and jt and spieth played under the lights in december that was different that was cool that was something different but this is just i don't know i don't know anyway looking forward to maybe throw it bringing it up in winners weird and what next week this match going on in Viva Las Vegas. Anyway, switching gears now, and we've been working on the show together for a number of years now, and throughout the, you know, we, we exchange texts and emails, and you'll text me saying, hey, I, I just interviewed Adam Hadwin, Let's, we can run that interview this week. Okay, sounds good. Recently, you sent me a text saying, I just interviewed Niall Horan. What, let's run it. I, I, and I had to look at my phone about 12 times and said, really? And uh, yes, so you interviewed Niall Horn. Before we run this interview, tell us about your experience with Niall. Uh, so Niall Horn, of course, is a musician. One of the, uh, one of the, what was the group he was originally in? See, I'm so one one Direction? Forgot. One Direction, and now he's out in his, been out in his own for a little while. And growing up in uh, Northern Ireland, he was, uh, he was a golfer. He, he said, you'll find here in this interview, how he took to golf like every kid out there. And he, uh, he's friends with Rory. He told me some experiences with Rory. And how the interview came about was that, of course, uh, TSN is part of Bell Media. And Bell Media has uh, much music and a number of other uh, assets in the entertainment field as well. So uh, when Niall Horn was in, we were just contacted. And we said, yeah, we'd love to talk to Niall. So the deal was we have to ask him a little, que- couple of questions about his new album, which is out. He's on tour right now. And you'll hear something funny about how he made the schedule for his tour. Um, but essentially, we sat down. And he didn't really want to talk about the album. He wanted to talk about golf. And so that was the basis for our conversation. There you go. Without further ado, here's Bob with Niall Horn. Now, welcome back uh, to Toronto. I know you've been here before a number of times and I've uh, played golf here. I know about mm-hmm. that. Uh, but we want to talk a little music to start off with mm-hmm. your new album coming out the show. Um, what's the period time between the time you finish recording the album and when it gets out? What's, what goes on in that period? Are you nervous? Are you anxious? What is it? <laughs> it's, it's me handing it to the record label, first of all. Uh, they kind of lead me to my own devices for uh, while I make the record and then it's handing it in, coming up with uh, all of the creative stuff, the music video ideas, the pictures and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, I wait nervously uh, before the release. Um, especially we haven't been away for a few years and not released anything. 
Uh, I'm a bit touchy this time. Um, I hope. <laughs> Keep your fingers crossed for me. Um, I hope the people like it as much as I do. Um, and then just, yeah, just the promotion run I'm on at the moment. I was in Italy, I'm, I'm here in Canada, I'm, um, over to over to Los Angeles in a base. So I'm kind of, I'm doing the rounds at the moment, but yeah, the overriding feeling is nerves. There's there's a lot of personal touches in this in the songs and the lyrics out there. How, how tough is it for you to sort of put yourself out there, make yourself vulnerable to all this? Yeah, I think when I, probably when I was younger, I was probably a bit more closed off. Um, and then the older I've gotten, the less I've cared. <laughs> you know what I mean by that in terms of like, just giving, yeah, as you say, giving myself across and not being afraid about what people think or say or whatever. Um, I think it makes for better music as well, the more you can give to the game, I guess. And um, yeah, I think I've, I've gotten better at it as I've grown up. Reception to the first two releases with uh, that have been out there with Heaven, and mm -hmm. uh, I mean, is it, does it give you some reassurance that everyone's going to love this? It definitely, the reaction has been really great, you know, to, to Heaven and, and now this new one, Meltdown, it's, it's um, yeah, the, when you, as I said, when you spend that much time away and then come back, you, you don't know whether, you know, I know, a, I, know, I know for a fact there's a fan base out there of some, sh some sort, but you still have to get the music right. Um, you don't want to be releasing stuff that people are like, oh, what's he doing here? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that it's definitely eased some of that nerves with how things have been received. First line in the chorus in heaven is, uh, God only knows where this could go. And yeah. I, I say that to myself when I stand on the first tee. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, no, I have no clue where the I ball's going to go. Well, anyway, I think we all have that. Uh, we all have that issue. <laughs> That's my transition to just talking a little bit about golfing. You are an avid golfer. You're a crazy golfer from what I understand. Yeah. I mean, you've gone as far as to start uh, a golf company, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. but. Is golf a way for you to kind of get away? You look at a lot of musical artists, mm. and I'll date myself, but I played golf once with Alice Cooper, who mm. said playing golf kind of saved his life from mm. being on tour. Mm. He would have the whole day free, and he would do things he shouldn't do. But mm -hmm. And Alex Lifeson, the guitarist for Rush. I mean, there's a lot of people who play golf in the music industry as a way to get away. Is that what you do? Yeah, I think, well, if, if, the love for golf probably just came from being Irish. <laughs> I mean, just growing up on the island, it's like, it's one of the first things you do. It's like playing hockey here, you know? It's um, Similar type of thing. It's a much. It's a very accessible sport in Ireland. Um, yeah, I, I. And then the older I've gotten, the more of an escape it has been. You know, there was periods, you know, when I first started my career where I couldn't really get out of the hotel and it was very hectic outside and and things like that. So it was a way of like really getting away from the hotel, getting away from the day job, and and getting out behind the gates of a golf course and just enjoying it for what it was. Um, I've definitely gotten better over the years, which is a good thing. I haven't gone down, I haven't gone, gotten worse. Um, so yeah, I just, I do find it as like a, this is not even a joke. I'm looking at my tour for my upcoming tour and planning it now with venues and stuff. And I'm, I'm actually planning it around a golf course that I can play. <laughs> um, golf course I can play where I can have my days off, you know, things like that. Uh, I don't want to be stuck somewhere where I can't play golf. Um, so yeah, I basically do structure my life around it. <laughs> um, you have a company, Modest Golf, and, and this yeah. is this is something you founded. I really must tell you, I didn't know a lot about <laughs> it, but boy, that's a huge company. You're managing players, you're creating events, you've got Terrell Hatton as one of your, your guys out there. What was the, the, the impetus to start that? I think it was knowing a lot of people in golf, having a lot of golfer friends, um, spending a lot of time walking up and down the range, realizing that there's a lot of 
young kids out there that are turning pro or have just turned pro and don't have a lot of access to corporate sponsors, to invites to tournaments, um, don't really know where they're playing week week to week. And I just, as a passionate golf nut, I thought that that would be, this would be a really cool way to have a, a side hustle that I really enjoy. Um, and then it's just gone from gone off leaps, leaps and bounds. You know, we signed, you know, Guido Migliozzi was our first player. He's like the, he was at the time he was the number one Italian amateur and was winning. And then he's won a few times in the European Tour. And we kind of accumulated players as we've gone along, fighting hard to get them on on your uh, agency. It's, it's it's competitive out there. <laughs> um, and then Tyrrell came along as well, and Tyrrell's been a massive name for the company. Obviously, you know, a top 20 golfer is, is nice to have and is in fine form right now. I know one of your pals is, uh, is Rory. I think, mm. in fact, Rory flew here one time. You guys played up at the National, if I'm not That's mistaken, right. in Toronto. Yeah. So, uh, so what's the game when you play with him? How many strokes does he give you? And have you ever gotten into his pocket? Uh, well, uh, do you know what? It's, when I played, last time I played rounds of golf at Rory, I was, I was horrific. <laughs> so uh, he probably gave me a thousand shots. I still wouldn't have beat him. Um, I think I'd have a better chance now. Um, I'm like a solid eight handicapper. I could, if he gave me some shots, I'd give it a go, but I'd have to catch him on a really bad day, wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> he'd basically be one of, he'd want to be swinging hockey sticks, not golf clubs, <laughs> for me to beat him. Um, yeah, we played, we played some golf here in Toronto before actually he came up for came up to a gig here and we went out and played some golf and uh, I've got a really good memory actually I remember all these all these guys were out in the balcony of the golf club looking over the 18th and he was about 100 yards out on, on the 18th fairway and he just said watch this just to see if he could get a rise out of the crowd and he hit this wedge and it spun about two feet past the hole and back in <laughs> right in. All, all these guys are out on a Tuesday you know, for their round of golf, and they see Rory McIlroy dunk one in on their local course. <laughs> you know, I thought that was uh, pretty sweet. <laughs> That's pretty nice. Uh, you caddy for him at the par three contest at the at the Masters. Yeah, yeah, years like? ago. He just asked me. Right he knew I was going to the Masters, and he asked what I. He asked what I just caddy for him. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, it was just like to be at Augusta for the first time and caddying for. I think Rory was number one at the time, maybe. So like that was just. It was insane. What, what incredible experience as a, as a golf fan to go to Augusta and to do that with him. It was just incredible. Won't forget jump, that. The jumpsuits are hot, though. I've been, had oh those on. God. Aren't they crazy? <laughs> it's nuts. It's like a sauna bath yeah. in there. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll wrap up. I know you're uh, you're an ambassador for the RNA, mm. and Golf Canada is the, the composite yeah. for them. Yeah. They they know that you're you're trying to get more people to play golf, especially young women to yeah. get play in the golf. Would you give a message to Canadian golfers just telling them to go out and get there and go and play golf? Just pick up golf clubs wherever you can get them. Um, get out there and play. Play with friends. Play with whoever makes you feel comfortable. Um, get out there and hit some balls because I'm telling you, it's addictive. Um, I hit my first ball in the 90s and never stopped. So uh, go and play. It's the best game in the world. No, thanks. Cheers, bud. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we've run a lot of interviews on this show, a lot of cool interviews on this show. I think that one really takes the cake. In terms of honesty, Bob, I, I love the answer. We're talking about going on tour, and, you know, I, I planned it around what golf courses I can play. How awesome was it just getting to know him and speak to him a little bit? 
you know, right from the minute he sat down, he was just so chill and, and relaxed. And, and as, as you see in that interview, he really wanted to talk about golf. He wanted to talk about his album because he knew that was the business side of things, but he really wanted to talk about golf. And it was a cold day uh, last month. And unfortunately, he was, had been hoping to maybe sneak out and get a little bit of golf in, but it didn't work out that way. He had to actually play a little concert um, as a sort of a teaser for his tour that's out now. He'll be back in Toronto at some point, I think, this summer to play in a concert. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see him uh, sneaking out to a golf course. Who knows? Maybe we'll see him in person. Maybe we'll ha- we'll hit some bombs with Niall Horan and uh, that sort too about uh, playing <laughs> playing the National. I remember I I know a couple guys who were working in the pro shop at the Nash that day when Rory and Niall showed up, and some of the stories they told were, were pretty funny. Uh, Niall Horan, uh, well, that's awesome. We're also going to play the video of that interview on an upcoming edition of Golf Talk Canada Television Two. Okay, Bob, that wraps up your duty this morning here on GTC Radio. But you can see us together a little later today on Speed Golf and as well 3 Handicap, which is on tsn.ca. And last week, we were doing pretty well. And then Rory McIlroy got a hole-in-one in the first round which uh, which was, was great to see for Rory, being fans of Rory McIlroy, but for our three-ball yeah, not not so much, not so much. But last week the odds no. were plus twenty three hundred for a parlay. So I haven't seen what they are yet on FanDuel. I haven't quite seen what the odds are. But uh, we'll see you later today on Sports Center for Speed Golf and Three Handicap. Bob, thanks for your time this morning. Sounds good. Take care, everybody. All right, that is Bob Weeks. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram at Bob Weeks TSN. Coming up on the other side, we're going to talk to Mark Sacchino on the line, who is either waiting at the border or has probably just crossed the border as he makes his way to the Rocket Mortgage Classic, where he'll be there with PGA Tour Radio. On the call this week, we'll have a full preview of the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and we'll get Mark's take on on the leaking of the merger documents that came out earlier this week on Twitter. All that and more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. Looking forward to making our way to Cobble Beach a little later this Summer. Now joining us on the line, Mark Sacchino, who's making his way to the Rocket Mortgage Classic this week on PGA Tour Radio. Mark, how are you? How is the drive going so far? Uh, it's a pretty easy drive, Skulls, but I'm making my way through the smoke. I yeah. mean, it, it is brutal down here. I'm wondering when I arrive in about an hour and a half from now, I'm scheduled to pull into the golf course how many guys are going to be playing practice rounds? How many guys are saying, eh, you know what, I think I'm going to take the afternoon off because it's getting worse the closer I seem to get to Detroit. And, and you know, it can't be good for you 
it, it looks good the rest of the week. It looks like uh, as you know, as the days go, we're going to be dealing with less and less of this. So I'm curious to see how many guys are going to be out there playing practice rounds or if they're going to have the pro-am this afternoon still. Like, I don't know. It doesn't look good right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah, this is something we dealt with a lot the week of the RBC Canadian Open at Oakdale, and now it's back. It's it's terrifying, really, and it, it's a safety hazard. But hopefully things start to clear up a, a little bit. Now, you mentioned uh, you're an hour and a half away, and obviously this location in Detroit's easier for you given it's a four-hour drive, four-and-a-half-hour drive if, if traffic isn't, isn't so good. But give us a typical Wednesday for you when you're on the ground with PGA Tour Radio. Gonna get there again around just just prior to one o'clock. Uh, I'll get in. Uh, we go straight to the TV compound. That's you know PGA Tour Radio is part of PGA Tour Entertainment. So it's us, PGA Tour Live, Golf Channel on the weekend, CBS or NBC, depending on who's got the broadcast on Saturday, Sunday, and just get settled. Find your golf cart. Uh, grab grab maybe the mic and a recorder, cause. Head out on the golf course, take a look around, get an idea for conditions, but maybe grab some audio from some players as well. Um, then around 3 o'clock, we'll do a full equipment check. Everybody will get packed up. They'll turn the lights on in the studio, and we'll do like a full live test to make sure everything's operational. That's around 3 o'clock. And then at 5 o'clock, we'll have a full production meeting. Just kind of go through some housekeeping for the week that might be specific or different to that week. Uh, Maybe somebody in the field, maybe a Monday qualifier, maybe some messaging from the tournament itself. Uh, For example, in previous years, you know, PGA Tour has always got a great charitable uh, connection and, and, and function when they arrive in town. And, the why, uh, excuse me, the internet uh, is not great in proper Detroit. There's kids that don't have a high-speed internet or access to internet at all. Can't do their homework and whatnot. So Rocket Mortgage Classic has you know, raised millions of dollars to build infrastructure so kids can get on internet after school, at home, and whatnot. So we'll just go through stuff like that as well, just some key messaging, because we're on the air. Remember, it's radio. So on a Thursday... We'll pack up around 11.30 in the morning, and we're on the air till 6 p.m. And, I mean, there is a lot of time to fill, <laughs> and you'll go through stretches on a Thursday and Friday where birdies aren't being made, and there's guys on the golf course, especially in tournaments like the Rocket Mortgage, where you, you won't know who they are if you hit them with your car. <laughs> so, I mean, you've got you've to have, uh, have some stuff in the tank to kill some airtime if you need it. But obviously, as you know, they could come to me for anything. I could walk them through my new putting grip that I'm working on. And that, that could kill 25 minutes. But they prefer to have a little bit more background about the area. There's an interesting story, Skulls. Mm-hmm. I'm rambling, but this is cool. No, it's fine. It's interesting. A couple, uh, many years ago, the first time I worked the Rocket Mortgage, I believe five years ago, and this is the fifth edition of the Rocket Mortgage. And I don't believe they lost the Rocket Mortgage due to COVID. I think uh, Rocket Mortgage was the second or third event mm-hmm. back. Yeah, it was back for sure. Return of golf. Yeah. So back at the first Rocket Mortgage, you know, they gave us like a one-pager, two-pager on just some local golf flavor, local history in the area. And during the 40s, 
in, I think it was World War II. I don't believe it was World War One. I. I believe it was World War II during the 40s. The Ryder Cup was canceled due to, uh, due to uh, wartime, so no traveling overseas, yada, yada, yada. And they had a kind of shotgun, last-minute Ryder Cup-style event in replacement to the Ryder Cup at Detroit, uh, Detroit Golf Club. And I think it was Sam Sneed. Was it Sneed? No, it was Walter Hagen and I can't remember the other captain. It's off the top of my head. But if you look at this list and Google this, I mean, it is pretty remarkable, the names on this list, to kind of play it in this wartime version of a Ryder Cup because they couldn't have it. So golf and, like, just rich, rich golf history uh, on this property you know, almost a hundred, almost going back a hundred years. So it's a pretty unique place. It certainly is a unique place. And before we go to break and really take a deep dive into the field, uh, you've been at the Rocket Mortgage Classic a number of years, like you mentioned. What are your overall thoughts on Detroit Golf Club? I like the golf club. I, I mean, we're going to get again a crazy under par. So mm-hmm. you know. Rory's not in the field this week, but if he was, I'm sure he wouldn't be impressed. Yeah, they've got a lot of rain. There was a storm that ripped through the other night. It actually took a few trees down. The golf course is super soft. It's short by modern standards. And it's one of those golf courses, Skulls, but with the exception of one or two holes, the wider you miss, the wider it gets. Because it's kind of like one hole goes down one direction, the other hole comes back the other way. So you always find your golf ball, and you kind of always have a shot. And, you know, that's why Tony Fino did, has done so well there. Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, Matt Wolf finished second the year to DeChambeau. So it tends to me like Taylor Penrith almost going to yep. get done. If you hit it a mile and you like a little wiggle room off the tee, uh, as long as you're comfortable making birdies, you can do really well at this golf course now. That being said, it doesn't mean it's one-dimensional. I think, you know, old-school plotters can do well here, too. You know, Webb Simpson almost got it done here a couple of years ago as well. But overall, I think guys who like to just grip it and rip it and they're not worried about the miss as much, uh, I think they're going to do well here. I, I, like, I like some of the longer hitters again this week. Um, not all of them. Mind you, these days, Adam, they all seem to be long. Yeah, you know, exactly. And in summer of 2020, when you were there in person, that was the incredible bulk version of Bryson DeChambeau, who obliterated the field that week, hitting driver absolutely everywhere. So strokes gained off the tee, a big stat we're going to be looking at this week, previewing the Rocket Mortgage Classic. On the other side, Mark's going to stick around. We're going to take a look at the field, including some late players who uh, decided to play, including Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa. We'll discuss them and some other players on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. 
Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully in studio. Mark Sacchino on the phone. Mark, this is the first of our quadruple header today across the TSN network. We're on from now till noon right here on TSN 1050. And then we have three different airings of Golf Talk Canada television. 1 p.m. TSN 4 and 5. 4 p.m. TSN 2. 10 p.m. on TSN 2 as well. How about that, Mark? A quadruple header for us. I mean... I want to know if there's anybody out there right now listening to Golf Talk Canada who are going to watch all three airings of the TV show, Adam, Mm -hmm. like other than my mom, maybe your mom. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if Ruth watches all three editions and 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 maybe our our initial airing last night too, 10 p.m. our our new prime time slot on Tuesday evenings. Uh, no, it's awesome to be on a little more, and uh, it'll be great to be back here on TSN 1 p.m. on TSN four and five. Now, getting back to the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, we have three co-betting favorites as we speak: Tony Finau. Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas, all at plus fourteen hundred or fourteen to one on FanDuel. I'm going to ask you about them specifically, but first, Mark, of those three, if you could pick one, who are you picking this week? Ricky Fowler. Um, with all due respect to Tony Finau, who you know, really was dominant last year, played brilliant here, and it is a, a, a Tony Finau style of golf course. Uh, we're all waiting for Tony to kind of regain the form he had uh, near the uh, that basically started at last year's Rocket Mortgage Classic and stayed right through to the fall portion of our wraparound schedule. Uh, he has not been able to kind of refine that form. Not that he's playing poorly, but he hasn't quite found that lane yet. Ricky Fowler, look, look at his results uh, this year. Look at the results the last four weeks. I mean, he's could have won numerous times. I know there's a super long drought, and maybe it comes to an end this week. He is a Rocket Mortgage ambassador, so that would be fitting. Uh, his face will be all over this tournament, but I think I think Ricky is certainly the in the in the best form of those three. Justin Thomas, what, that's the big question. We kind of know what we're getting with Tony Skulls, and we mm-hmm. know that Tony can likely hit that switch at any point. We know exactly where Rookie Fowler is. We're all expecting the drought to end. And we're all wondering, I'm curious how you feel about this, and if you think I've summarized this accurately, if you'd agree with me or not, that Justin Thomas has kind of maybe just shown us a flicker of light, and maybe possibly the reason he added this event is he feels like he may have just found a little something and wants to see if he can build on it. I think we're a week or two early on Justin Thomas. I think Justin Thomas is trying to piggyback maybe what happened last week or so, and he needs to show me some more. Obviously, three weeks tomorrow, we'll put the ball on the ground for the Open Championship, so there's not a lot of time to figure it out. I'm wondering if that's JT's like, hey, give me a start. I need to work on it, and I may have found a little something. 
Yeah, you know, it, it's a good point, Mark. And I'm curious when he actually, uh, you know, called the, the Rocket Mortgage people and, and got his name in the field because he was in the early, late wave last week at the Travelers, and he shot 70 in the first round. Then his last three rounds were great, 64, 60, 62, 67. So you wonder, maybe he found something at the end of that first round and said, hey, I, I want to keep this party going and keep going because you know his previous three starts t65 of the pga championship 12 over par memorial misses the cut u.s open only beats three players in the whole field 73 81 and for jt mark right now 17th in the world 66 in the fedex cup standings nowhere to be found on the u.s Ryder cup team standings as we speak he's got to put the pedal down to not only make the playoffs but also be on that Ryder cup team too yeah, that 70 number is massive, isn't it, yeah. Adam? Like, I mean, you know, at the start of the year, we were all talking about the changes and, okay, we're no longer 125 in the playoffs and then 100 and this. It's like, okay, we're down to 70. And I'll be working the BMW championship. By the time we get the BMW, it, we're down to 50, which means we're going to start on a Thursday at the BMW championship with 25 twosomes. That, that's the entire field. Wow. 25 twosomes. I mean, it's almost like being at the Tour Championship where, where you kind of know going into the week you're dealing with 30 guys, and, it, and that's, you know, that's, that's the way it is. Um, it's going to be interesting. I've got Justin Thomas this week. I'll start oh, nice. with JT in the group. I believe it's Justin Thomas, Sun J.M., and Hideki Matsuyama, I Correct. believe, is the third member of that, of that marquee group. So I'll go out with them tomorrow afternoon and then finish their round uh, Friday morning when we just come on the air. They'll be finishing a few holes left. So I'll get a good close-up uh, look at them on Justin Thomas and, and see what's going on here. Um, I need to see more than the last three rounds last week on a very soft golf course where people were shooting 1,000 under par. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I get, listen, We'll know if he's in the mix in this tournament. We'll know he figured something out last week. Uh, if he goes out tomorrow and it's back to like that hovering around seventy, seventy-one again, and looks like he's having a difficult time, then we'll know like, hey, no, he just found a couple of days on an easy golf course, and we're still in search of this thing. So it will be interesting to see. But to your point, I mean, with Ryder Cup this year, playoffs, he's just in. I mean, he's got to move. He's got to move now. Yeah, he really does have to move now. And maybe it's your point, too, given that Detroit Golf Club isn't exactly the, the most challenging layout. Maybe that this is a place where he can, you know, wail away at driver and, and work at things and, and, and play the golf course that way. But JT, like you mentioned, playing with Hideki Matsuyama, Sung JM, twelve fifty four Eastern Thursday afternoon. Now, Ricky Fowler obviously has been quite a story this year. You know, this tournament last year, it was late in the summer, too, it was a different time in the schedule. 156th in the official World Golf Ranking. Now, he's 35th. It's been quite a rise up the world ranking for Fowler, Mark, and he's a much different player than he was back in 2014, isn't he, in terms of how the golf swing looks and the way he putts, too? Yeah, so much change, you know. You know, he was a Butch Harmon guy, and he left Butch, and then, you know, decided I'm going back to Butch, and you've got to admire the like the work ethic. You know, Ricky's, what, 34 years old. Uh, feels like he's much older. He looks 22. 
but it feels like he's been out there forever in a day. And, you know, he still has the desire to do this. You know, he got his players' championship, which took a little heat off of him, but he still never got that major. And finished in the top five that one year in all major, in, 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 in every major. He, he's got a, a tie for second or second in three, three of the four majors and a third in the other. And, you know, he fell off the planet, to your point. But you have to admire the desire and the, and the, the work ethic to say, I'm going to work my way back to relevancy because he was nowhere to be found. Like, his career could have easily been over. If he didn't have the desire or the work ethic to put in the hours, go back to Butch, figure out a plan, commit to a plan, make the swing changes, put in the hours, change up his putting, which was like the like that was forever and a day. You know, we used to talk about how great putter he was, especially from short distance. He was one of those guys, he put from eight feet. That ball had three feet of speed extra in it, just ramming them in the front. He used to putt with so much confidence. Now, now kind of changing the way he releases the putter, going to uh, the counterbalance putter uh, from that old blade. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much change, so much work. You've got to think, though, like at some point he's going to win. Butch Harmon, at the start of the year, went out, I think it was a Golf Digest interview, and said, uh, Ricky Fowler's. it's not a matter of if he's going to win, it's when he's going to win. The win is coming. And I bet you, I bet you, Butch and Ricky right now probably think they would have got it by now, Adam. And he's come so close, including the U.S. Open a few weeks ago. And uh, here's the thing I like about Ricky this week: he's got going to have to make a lot of birdies this week. I mean, 20, 22 to twenty-six under is likely going to win this golf tournament. You're going to have to make a ton of birdies. And if you look at Ricky Fowler's performances over the last few weeks. He is making a ridiculous amount of birdies. In fact, he had eight, was it 18 birdies through 36 holes or 16 birdies through 36 holes of the U.S. Open? It was a 36-hole record at the U.S. Open. So it's not getting the ball in the hole. It's not the birdies that's preventing him from winning. He's just got to clean up the mistakes, and it's usually on the Sunday in, in the one round. So, I mean, this is a golf course that's screaming for birdies. He's not shy of making them. This could be the week. It certainly could be the week for for Fowler and his last four starts. His worst finish is a T13. That came last week at the Travelers Championship. So look out for Ricky Fowler, one of the three co-betting favorites heading into this week's Rocket Mortgage alongside Finau and JT. Looking a little further down the book now, a player that we are both high on on our TSN Edge picks this week, and that's Tom Kim at plus 1,800. And I have to give you credit here, Mark, because... You told me last year you saw Tom Kim at the Rocket Mortgage. You saw him with your own eyes, and you said he's going to win soon. And I think my response was, I've never heard of this guy. And now look where he <laughs> is. What What about Tom Kim do you like so much this week? Well, I think uh, a part of it is uh, nostalgic in a sense, Adam, is I think we're returning to the scene of the crime, so to speak, where he arrived in my mind as a guy where he needed to be on our radar. And it was the following week at the Wyndham championship or his following start, which was either the following week or two weeks later where he just went out and won. And, you know, he's won already this season. It was on the other side of the wraparound schedule. It was fall last year. And it's not that he's played poorly. He's 18th in the FedEx cup. He's played well. He just has a little bit of that sophomore slump, just a little. And I think a return to a golf course 
that he knows, where he has good memories, that kind of gave him the kick in the butt. It's where he officially became a member of the PGA Tour on limited starts throughout the summer. This is where he officially became a member. I think that's going to serve him well this week. Uh, he knows the golf course. Uh, the other thing is, like Ricky, makes a ton of birdies. Yeah. It's about the mistakes. He makes a ton of birdies. And this golf course, I mean, go, if you go through this golf course in your head, there is a large bucket of approach shots uh, from 125 to 150. I mean, you've got 125 to 150, it seems, all day at this golf course for an approach shot. And he is inside the top five in proximity to the hole in that number. So he makes a lot of birdies. He puts the yardages and the right clubs this week in his hands. And he's got a warm and fuzzy feeling around Detroit Golf Club. Sooner or later, Tom Kim's going to get back in the winner's circle again. It could get done this week against not the strongest field either. He's, in, he's one of, certainly one of the best players in the world teeing it up in this field this week. He does not have to go through, you know, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler and, and uh, you know, Cantley and uh, et cetera, et cetera, Rory McIlroy. They're not here. So there's a bit of an open lane for guys like Fowler, Kim, Finau, et cetera. Yeah, there totally is, and you know he's on your edge team. He's also on my uh, edge team, too. And before we let you go, Mark, I, I have to ask you about the final player on your edge team this week, a little further down the line in terms of value, and that is the upstart phenom Ludwig Aberg, who's now a new member of Team Adidas, officially announced yesterday in terms of apparel. But this is a guy who is fresh out of college and has a lot of potential. What do you like so much about this young star? I'm just going on a flyer because it's a weak field because he's a bomber and bombers do well here. And he's been consistent. He hasn't come close to winning, but look at his starts, Adam. He, he never doesn't miss the cut. He always makes the cut. A couple of uh, oh, T24 to T25 recently. So you go, okay, and first-timers have done well here before. And from everything we know about this kid, he's special. Right, he won PGA Tour University. There, everybody who knows who's on the inside with this guy that is close to NCAA Division One golf say this is a special and very unique talent, and it could just be one of these weeks, weak field on a golf course that is really forgiving, where a guy like that just gets hot and says, "Okay, I'm going to make my announcement to the world," and I'm just out there because I like the value. And I think, you know, something special like that could happen this week. Well, you like the value and the betting books like the value too, because when we actually first spoke about our edge segment this week, his odds were plus 4,100 on FanDuel. Now they're plus 3,300. So they've shortened significantly a lot of people backing Ludwig Aberg this week at the Rocket Mortgage. Well, Mark. I moved the line. You you, moved the line. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you move the line. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Mark, thanks for your time today. Thanks. Uh, hopefully this conversation helps speed up the, the car ride a little bit. Uh, good luck on the call this week, and we'll talk to you uh, next week. Thanks, Golf. Have a great day, buddy. Thank you. You too. That's Mark Zacchino at Z-Man Golf on the socials. On the other side, we'll wrap up today's show, and we'll have a preview of what's coming next week right here on Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio wrapping up our first leg of our quadruple header across the TSN network today. We're on uh, from now for the next three minutes here on TSN 1050. Then you can watch us TSN 4 and 5 at 1 p.m. TSN 2 at 4 p.m. and on TSN 2 again at 10 p.m. Lots going on in the world of golf this week, including the U.S. Senior Open. Stephen Ames looking for win number four on the season already. Rocket Mortgage Classic. Adam Hadwin, the low, uh, the, the shortest odds in terms of the Canadians, at plus 3,300 on FanDuel. And looking at to next week, the, U, the U.S. Women's Open, which will be going on. We'll have a full preview of Brooke Henderson's chances, Rosang's chances, and that's a Pebble Beach, too. How awesome is that? Now, I mentioned the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Here are our TSN Edge picks this week. Mark, he's going Ricky Fowler, plus 1,400. Tom Kim, plus 1,800. Ludwig Aberg, like we just mentioned, his odds were plus 4,100, now plus 3,300. Bob? All his picks, plus 1,400. Fowler, Finau, JT. As for me, I'm going Tom Kim, plus 1,800. Cameron Davis, plus 3,300. Austin Eckroat. Yes, Austin Eckroat. He is my value play, also plus 3,300. In his last five starts, finishes of T30 or better, including a top 10 at the U.S. Open. Little dark horse there, little value play. Look out for Austin Eckroat. 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. This week, we're giving away... Six dozen tour response golf balls. Check out our website, golftalkcanada.com, for your chance to win. Sign up for a fantasy pool. It's free. It's fun. This season, we're giving away over $40,000 in TaylorMade product. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues right here throughout the summer on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.